Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What could be Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to episode 34 of Cage Rage, a Nicholas Cage podcast. It's the show where we are on the journey to true cage nirvana, the truest and highest form of being, by watching all of the films and flicks that the world's greatest actor has ever been in. I'm joined by a guest each week at the bottom of if Cage is a family man or just a family bum. You can tell that I write this in advance, can't you? Uh, and this week, joining me on the journey to true occasion of honor is stand-up comedian and writer Hannah Fairweather. It was an absolute pleasure to be joined by Hannah this week. Hannah, an extremely talented and hilarious stand-up and writer, uh, was selected. The Angel Comedy Showcase at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2019, Rising Star, new act of the year last year as well, and has some incredible writing credits under her belt you may have seen and heard uh, her and her writing on bbc radio 4 uh, bbc sounds and even mock the week as well so it was an absolute pleasure and privilege uh, for hannah to join me on the journey this week in this episode we'll be discussing cage and the fact as well in their podcast first that this is actually Hannah's first Cage film in The Family Man as well. So, will she be a convert to the cause of Cage by the end of the episode as we go into the new year? Listen in, strap in, find out. It's a good one. I loved making it. I hope you'll love listening to it as well. But enjoy the episode. Oh, and obviously, um, this will be December 20th when this one goes up, 2020. Between now and the next episode, um, Christmas will have happened. The new year might have happened as well. Um, so have a Merry Christmas from myself at Cage Rage and a Happy New Year. But until then, it's episode 34. It's The Family Man. Enjoy. It's Christmas time, and what better way to see in the holiday season than with a Christmas cage caper? This week, we see Cage as Jack Campbell, a talented businessman who has everything until he wakes up one day after an encounter with the mysterious Cash, married to his college sweetheart, and with kids in a glimpse of a life he could have had. Joining me on the journey to True Cage Nirvana this week to unravel whether the family man sounds like a plan or it's just a bad dream is writer and comedian Hannah Fairweather. Hannah, thank you very much for joining me. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. My, my pleasure to be here to unpack this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um... So we were having sort of a brief sort of chat just before the recording there, and you, you were sort of saying that by um, your own admission, maybe not in um, much of Cage, um, into your Cage past. Is this the first time you've seen The Family Man, and what have you seen of him prior to this? I, I was I was looking through, um, like, his IMDb or whatever it's called, and I, I feel like I've somehow gone my entire life with, with just knowing who he is and being very aware of him but not watching a single film and so <laughs> the family man was the first one I watched and based on everything else that I saw that he's done I feel like it was a rogue entry point <laughs> there are a lot of rogue entry points to uh, <laughs> Nicholas yeah. Cage's career let me tell you so, so 
I always find that astounding because I've sort of described him before. Like he's kind of like the boogeyman or Bigfoot. Like he's always there, just sort of out of shot. And I feel he'll be there. He's predating us. He'll be there after we die. Uh, death taxes and Nicolas Cage are sort of the certainties. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't um, be surprised if he like popped up in like a 1940s film just looking exactly the same. <laughs> like, I feel like he's just yeah. in everything and in nothing that I've seen as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's weirdly enough very, very accurate. It's like <laughs> this would be this would make episode 33 when this goes up. Um and it's Oh been, wow. He has he has more films than I thought. <laughs> You have no idea. Um, to IMDb, currently over 110 film credits, including some that are documentaries and one that he's directed. Um, but it's like you say, he just he just kind of looks the same all the time because he was actually in his early 80s films, I'm not afraid to say, quite handsome, quite a good guy, th- thick <laughs> eyebrows, if that's the kind of thing that, you're, um, that could get anyone to fancy Nicolas Cage. <laughs> And then he kind of looked the same for about 20 years. And then towards the end of like the 2010s, it's like that's when he suddenly aged. Um, because I think a lot of financial debt will do that to anyone. Um, <laughs> but I think you've caught him in, um, I don't know if peak is the right word, but a good uh, sort of Dorian Gray kind of, this is the way to remember him. Um, not too crazy, always like Goldilocks, like not too crazy, not too just same. right, just, yeah, just right. <laughs> um, but sort of, we sort of this as well. Um, if this is um your first Cage film, then one, what an honor to discuss that on a on a Cage <laughs> on a Cage podcast. Um, would this film, and obviously we'll go into it a bit more as we sort of progress. Um, would you be on the back of this intrigued to discover sort of more of his filmography? Yeah, I, I reckon just because or well, because I've seen quite a diverse list, I want to like unpack what else there is. <laughs> but it was also like I wasn't sure at parts of the film whether they were being like there were some really good comedic moments, but also it felt very like Christmassy and sentimental and like that kind of cliche film. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I, there were certain moments where I was like, this is Am I am I not non ironically genuinely enjoying this? <laughs> That's how he gets you. It take it, all it takes is one film, um, and I I end up bringing this up like all the time on the on the podcast. Um, there are two types of Cage films basically. There's films that he's in like this one, like The Family Man, and there are as you might have seen in memes, Nicolas Cage films. Um, <laughs> so I kind of fear that if if this had gone the other way, and if you'd watched, say, uh, to pick out a thin air, Vampire's Kiss or his remake of The Weatherman, when it's peak Cage, and that gets my highest chef's kiss of all the, of all the Cage <laughs> films, it could have potentially turned your um, your opinion completely 180, and you thought, what have I committed to? Why didn't I just block this man when he asked me to come on this podcast? <laughs> and I wouldn't have blamed you. Um, but this is... This... Well, I appreciate your choice of <laughs> film for me then, in that case. I know, it's it's like, I always try to, it's almost biased, like people who I think will be receptive to Cage. Um, I don't know. It, it's Who can handle this? Yeah. <laughs> you look at yeah. which comedians you're talking to are stable enough to, to handle <laughs> this. <laughs> 
It's like, when I started this podcast, I was 18. I'm now nearly 30, and that was in April. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, you've powered through and uh, come through the other side on this one. Um, but with it being... With this being a Christmas film as well, um, and in I suppose the hierarchy of all the Christmas films out there, would would you would this be a Christmas film? Let's say next year, if we're alive in twenty twenty one, with the way this year has gone, um, would this be a Christmas film you'd put on again, or do you think one's enough for me? Probably, like I like I, I like I, you were saying. I think before we started recording that it, it it's not hugely obvious that it's a Christmas film mm. like there are like nods to it being that season but not it's not like hugely like centered around Christmas Obvi- I mean obviously there's like Christmas day in it but <laughs> it's not it's not like a huge like pov- that pivot- pivotal plot point yeah is what I was trying to say like so I feel like you, yeah you could you could you could definitely watch it. I, I would. I would watch it again. Yes, that's how we get them. That's how we get the cage fans <laughs> on board. It's. It's. I think it's a true point though, because I think this film really could have been set at any point, any day in the year, and it wouldn't have really changed what yeah, the plot that, was. The... Mm, exactly. Um, it's like it just, just because it was at Christmas, happened to raise the stakes because. Christmas does that for families. Yay. <laughs> so I think only because he wakes up on Christmas Day or he's like a hardcore businessman on Christmas Day and then um the glimpse parallel universe timeline goes by and it's about three months maybe, two, three months, and then he wakes up it's Christmas again. Um but you know, he could have been could have been St. Patrick's Day, could have been April Fool's Day, it mm. wouldn't have made but- a difference. But then I guess if the, if the wife was getting really upset that he disappeared on St. Patrick's Day, then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> I was I was kind of thinking about that, though. It's like one day, like... And I think in this timeline they've been married 10 to 13 years, somewhere in that range. If one day, like, you wake up, it's Christmas Day, you're married with kids, and your husband's like, fuck this, I'm out, and runs off. Uh, how do you react to that? Because I think she took a lot of stuff quite well. Yeah, and like, yeah, a lot of stuff that, like, obviously, as the viewer, you know what's going on, but she has no idea. And like, she was just like, yeah, fine. Like, especially like at the end of the film, where she's where he's like, we have kids together, and she's like, I'm I'm a single lady who's off to Paris. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, she just takes it like with a straight face and is like yeah of course you're saying that that's fine (laughs) but no he's he's an absolute madman (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's kind of entirely it because in i guess our real timeline 13 years have passed and she's like look you 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 went to london to uh go do your job for barclays and then you know it's been 13 years i'm i'm kind of over it and he's like, yeah. what about the dog? Kind of. <laughs> it's like, what about the kids we have together? <laughs> it's like, we have a daughter. She's shit at the violin. You're going to love her. And then she's, <laughs> and she just stands there and is like, I'm going to hear you out. This sounds all fine. Exactly. And yeah, I hate it when so many films do that, where it's like, we know what's going on. Like, I was, I was watching. Um, <laughs> 
just sharing my my terrible taste in films that <laughs> I was watching um, 17 again the other night right. and there's like a scene in it where like we know that he's been like put into his 17 year old body but that's not reasonable <laughs> and she like the at the end of it she's just like the 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 wife is just standing there like oh yeah yeah of course that's what happens <laughs> like no no yeah act act more outraged or surprised, <laughs> but just be like oh, okay yeah that makes sense <laughs> it's like you have you are with all respect a very very successful woman who has a business now in paris and you need to be there and nicholas cage's run to be like let me tell you about our phantom children and then like, <laughs> yeah, yeah imagine Imagine telling that to your boss as well. Like, sorry, I can't take this massive career opportunity because I actually have a family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually have them, though, but this guy at the airport said I do. Oh, that that call. It's like, <laughs> the craziest <laughs> thing happened. I'm going to be a bit late. Hear me out. Um, <laughs> that's probably when most um, respectful and human managers would be like, do you need help? um and i would love to know um i actually appreciate we're jumping to the end but right at the end when he's he's like look there'll be a later plane to paris you can get on that plane i just need to try and talk to you one coffee and when it's like it's pulling back out the the camera and the credits are rolling i'm kind of thinking what conversation are they possibly having that i'm supposed (laughs) to like end on like yeah christmas the spirit of family wins it's uh it's um you know, love over money and its appreciation being aspiration. And I kind of think, you, I, I, was I supposed to leave this film like really like happy? Like, yes, they've done it. I don't know if I was. It, yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I liked watching that when they pull, pulled away, like, because obviously they were, they were sat there having the coffee. And I like to think that she was like, cool, great chat, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we got, um, I mean, depending on how big that coffee was and how um, open <laughs> she was, that's you know that that's a tall, that's yeah, a tall right there. I mean, I like to think I'm a, a pretty open, like <laughs> reasonable person, but if I had that conversation in an airport with a someone I hadn't seen in thirteen years, I can't say I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to ask her like if. And this is one of the things, obviously, suspension of disbelief in films. But if you're in that situation, you're about to get on the plane on Christmas Day to wherever it is for whatever reason. And then suddenly someone runs. And it doesn't have to be Nicolas Cage. Let's say it's anyone. But <laughs> let's just say maybe you've known Nicolas Cage for 13 years. And he's like, Hannah, I need to talk to you. I mean, are you like, <laughs> is, that, is that Nicolas Cage? What? How do you, how do you react <laughs> to that madness? <laughs> I not not like she did. <laughs> like I, I mean, Nicholas Cage is one thing, but like just just someone from your past as well. Like I love mm. that movies like like obviously we get the the montage, we get the we know that in the last scene they were together, so it's fine. But yeah. she's had thirteen years of her life, <laughs> so I feel like I would be like, oh oh yeah sorry how are you (laughs) I wouldn't be like I've been pining over you all this time while I've had my successful career but it's always been you (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, every other day I've been looking at this framed picture of Nicolas Cage on my desk thinking, one day. And that's exactly. actually that's actually a little bit more honest than I care to get into on the on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but it's I again with with it being sort of a Christmas film, I think in a way you kind of have to just let it happen. You kind of have to be like uh, yeah, Christmas wins because Christmas is the most powerful thing. Um, if you celebrate, <laughs> if you don't, you're stuffed. Um, but that's just, I mean, if, if we call it for what it is, that's just emotional blackmail at the end. Yeah, yeah, it truly is. But I would, I would love to see a film where like these past lovers are reunited, and then one of them's like, "Oh no, nah, that was, uh, I'm over it. Sorry." Because <laughs> they're always, they've always both been pining for each other. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're always. <laughs> Like they're just like two halves, like they're like the same coin, just coming back together. Yeah. But it makes me think, though. Again, what would have that conversation be? Um, you know, would he have just said, uh, would it have been something more honest, like, oh, you know what, I wish I've been thinking about you for thirteen years. I made a mistake. I should have got off the plane. Or would he have just said something like, so Don Cheadle turned up right, and then <laughs> it just went weird. And like, <laughs> you got you got visited by Don Cheadle, and then yeah. we were married. Yeah. Well- was he telling her the actual story in the airport? Because if he was telling her the actual story, that's even more reason for her to run away. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we, yeah, we, we, I came back and I was in your house and we had the, the well, I, I mean, he essentially did say that in the airport queue, didn't he? Like, we yeah. have children, which, I, yeah, no. no. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I think, as you said, like, I like to think I'm a fairly open person. I like to hear anyone out. Um, but I think sometimes, and I'm not going to speak for everyone, but lines have to be drawn. I mean, she said to him, and I think perhaps quite fairly, um, <laughs> I've got to go to Paris now. But if you're in Paris, then we'll get that coffee. It's not like he yeah. couldn't have had the conversation later. And it's not like he couldn't have afforded the trip to Paris because he's still a businessman yeah. when he wakes back up. Exactly. He's, he can still have those very expensive suits. My, my, my favourite part of the film was, was when she said um, the price of his suits, but she said 2400 <laughs> <laughs> It just hurts me the entire time. But yeah, he, he can still afford those $2,400 suits. So I'm sure he can afford a, a flight and a coffee in Paris where it's more reasonable for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that that was the point in the film. He'd be like, I'm out. I'm done. This is at 2,400. No, 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 no. Not on my watch. Um, and I, I also, it, uh, it also pissed me off that, um, like, at the beginning of the film, like, it's obviously, like, his career. Mm-hmm. And he goes and has that. And then when it's hers, he's like, give it up. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Stay for me. <laughs> <laughs> I experienced everything that I wanted. and I'm as successful as I wanted to be. But now you, you give that up, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... In no perspective is that fair, what he's asking at all. <laughs> so in, in the glimpse, he, I guess to, to be like frenzy, he gets off the plane, he does the Rachel, he comes back. Um, but here it's like, I've I've had a bad, a weird dream. Um, it kind of worked. <laughs> it works out for us. What are the chances? So how about you pack it all in? Because I believe in us. I was like, why didn't you believe in us? 13 years ago yeah why haven't i heard from you in 13 years <laughs> no i well she 
he gets that um is it like a letter from her at the start as well and his secretary or um assistant is like oh who's this it's like all right it's an it, it's an old flame um and he's like <laughs> don't call her not interested um because um the other guy peter lassiter i think his name is like you're a credit to capitalism so you know why be in love when you can have money so it's a fair point <laughs> <laughs> raise the roof nick of this cage um <laughs> But that, but also at yeah at the beginning, um, sorry I'm going off on a tangent here, but Please. he the the whole um the whole thing was I'm off to London, and then the next scene he's in New York, and I was just so confused by that, because <laughs> like, yeah. obviously skipped ahead to 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 later on, and we saw sort of thirteen years worth. Yeah. But I w- I wanted to know what happened in London. Yeah, I mean, there's there's 13 years of missing information, (laughs) but we just know that he's got the the biggest apartment in his building. um, I think his own quote, he has quasi-sexual banter with someone else who lives in the apartment. Um, (laughs) Classic cage. Can't get in a lift with him. Um, But he he enjoys bellowing operatic scores in his wifrance as well. So, I mean, depending on your perspective, it's... And I guess it it kind of depends on you know how you how you feel about sort of um, finances being the be all and end all and that kind of thing. But I think it's not unfair to say that he has quite a successful life anyway without Don Cheadle sticking his sticking his nose into his business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I think he was. He seemed happy. <laughs> yeah, he seemed <laughs> he seemed happy. He's um, there's there's that. Uh, lady who visits him on Christmas Day just so they can get down to business and he can have a, a post-coital Wall Street Journal reading in bed. Um, he's what, what more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> a kid that's shit at the violin, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'll trade it all for um, an absolute B-flat that screeches every morning and I can just smile with a lukewarm coffee. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about musical notes. Um, but... Again, it's it's like he. It seems like he's got a nice life. He's a Wall Street executive. Um, he's on the cusp of that billion dollar merger. He gets called the credit to capitalism, um, and then it's just a chance encounter because at the start of the film, it seems everyone's just desperately trying to get like a carton of eggnog. Um, he just wants some. Don Cheadle turns up and is this entirely unexplained prophetic character who has these godly powers um i don't know what your thoughts on sort of cash was and um what his whole deal was as well because it didn't seem to explain he just seemed to be kind of a plot device to throw him into the a different timeline yeah it felt like it felt like the writers are just like we we want this this to happen we want him to have this previous life we want him to get to this yeah family life and then oh yeah that that's how we'll make it happen it didn't really <laughs> seem like super thought through it was just like yeah there'll be it there'll be a there'll be a reason we won't explain it there'll be a fast car at some point <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he um well he meets him in the convenience store because it l- yeah. looks like he's about to rob it but he just really wants someone to realize that he's got a genuine lottery ticket um, so I, I don't know if he if he also yeah, forces was, his way into people's lives as well. 
Yeah, was was it always supposed to be Nicolas Cage? Was he there to sort out Nicolas Cage's life or was it just a happy coincidence that he was looking for someone to... I mean, I I have to assume that it's not um, his first (laughs) life-altering rodeo. (laughs) Because when in the... In um, the glimpse timeline towards the end, um, he goes back to that convenience store to get some like salt or something, and he sees Cash at work in the uh, at the checkout, mm. and he's, he's very much like, like I'm really happy now. Um, I've, I'm enjoying this whole weirdness. Uh, don't send me back. Whatever you do, do not send me back. But just before that, he was um, checking out. Um, there was like a lady in front of him in the line, and Cage was trying to talk to him. He's just like, hang on. Just one second. Just one second. Hang on, and it made it seem like he was going to have an interaction with that uh, with that woman that was in front of them, like he was about to glimpse her next. So, <laughs> he was about to ruin her life as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's his first time. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know if you if you think there's more um, to Cheadle than we saw. The only reference he makes is when Cage gets in the Ferrari with him, and he awfully says i'll explain everything to you and then explains nothing to him yes <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know what you, i don't know what you thought about the um if there was more to the cheadle than we saw i i feel like there could be a whole series of, <laughs> of <laughs> other <laughs> other people whose lives yeah who who would you want to see that he's <laughs> he's the the most businessman type being put into a family man life he's just probably going around Doing that to, to know who who would who would you want to see um, have uh, that happen to them? <laughs> that's a good question. If if I had like if my Cheadle gun was loaded with one don, and I could aim it at someone, give them an, abs- mm. an absolute Cheadling, um, which is a word I'll never use again. Um, <laughs> I don't know um, who do I think's got a good life that could do with being ruined. <laughs> that's a big question i'd have to think about that i don't know if you've got anyone in mind i no sorry i just asked the question <laughs> <laughs> throw me you throw me an absolute glimpse left hammer there um but there's potential for for a whole series of oh, of, yeah. of, of him doing that but yeah i i i, I don't you mean with him that he did say i'm gonna explain this and it just didn't <laughs> which yeah. yeah um i think uh, I don't know. Maybe must. Maybe I should throw myself in the glimpse. I like young Daryl. Why did you think you could wing your A levels? Um, <laughs> that's the only one I can think of without um, expansive thought. Um, but Cheadle, he when they're in the car, he makes one really passing reference to something called the organization, um, and then we never get it expanded. Absolutely no. nothing. So and also, what what is this organization <laughs> like? That that wants people to have a more family, simple life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems the opposite of any sort of organisation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like, with respect to, you know, Cheadle and your, um, you know, I don't know if you're all co-stakeholders in the organisation or if there's a hierarchy of people that are above you. I'm going to assume, because Christmas film, that he's an angel of some description um I've... that makes sense and that would have that would have been good for them to explain <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you could just say to me christmas film Cheadle's an angel fine 
fine, I'll accept it because it's this type of film. I'll accept it, I'll take it, but then just make me think that this is some kind of shadowy Illuminati style um organization. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna do it again. Yeah, he Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's it's probably more more ominous that it was an organization. It's like they actually wanted Nicolas Cage out of his company so that they could do really bad things. So that we actually want Nicolas Cage to not be a family man because <laughs> he he was stopping some bad things from happening, maybe. And this 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 organization were coming in with a we, we need to get rid of him. What can we do? Okay. <laughs> we'll get him a family life and then and then we can do what we need to do to this company. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh... I feel like they're actually the bad guys. They're not trying to make him happy. They're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> well, it's it's like he says at the end is like you've got no business to like be ruining people's lives like this. And yeah, and which they is don't. fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't know the guy. You can't just come in and be like, you know what would make you happier? The thing that you've chosen not to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I suppose um, it. Yeah, if if you wake up one day, it's Christmas Day, and you're married with kids, are you just like, I can get into this, or do you think, fucking Cheadle, man, he's done it, he's done it again. <laughs> he's done it again. Yeah, I'd probably be like, these aren't my kids. <laughs> you're not my wife. I'm back to work, <laughs> which is essentially what he did, isn't it? When he when he went back to New York and tried to tried to get into his apartment, and no one would let him. Yeah, I. I can't say that I would have reacted any differently. Like, I, yeah. I, I've got to run. <laughs> this is really not cool. I mean, what sort of insane person would wake up in that situation and be like, well, this is my life now. <laughs> okay. This is how it is. It's like, oh, so roll call, kids' names. Um, <laughs> I, need you to, I need you to catch me on for the last 13 years. Um, and then I'll figure out the rest, I guess. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing, the, the catching up on the last 13 years. Like, when he ask like again from from her perspective when he was like oh so um we did go on that holiday oh we did we did do that thing oh oh so what's happening in this photograph here (laughs) (laughs) if your significant other was just like missing all of these (laughs) memories from your 13 years together surely you'd be like are you okay Um, it's, you wouldn't it, just happily fill in the blanks for them, like, oh yeah, of course that was the time that we had our honeymoon. You don't, you don't remember? No worries. <laughs> this is classic Jack Campbell all over. <laughs> this is this is the man I fell in love with. Uh, his life is basically for most of the film just a giant game of improv. Um, <laughs> he's just having to yes and his way through exactly. thirteen years of backstory. Um, so I think he's, I think if I was like. Oh, this this photograph! What a what a time that was! As I'm sure my wife will now explain, and, <laughs> and I would just be yeah. And she she off. did so much of that like in in the dialogue, so that like exposition just <laughs> oh yes, of course. I wouldn't actually say this if we were having the conversation, but because nobody, including the viewers, know what happened, I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> and she was so like, I mean, credit to uh, credit to Kate. She was. Um, willing to look past uh, the fact that her husband had clearly had a mental breakdown and wasn't <laughs> wasn't okay, and didn't, and didn't remember her at all, or <laughs> <laughs> the time they'd spent together. <laughs> it's like I remember you being a very different college student, and in thirteen years, people change. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> the fact that, luckily for him, she was largely, I'm guessing, the same person that he remembered. It was like a bit of luck. She could have been a completely different person. It could have been a very different relationship. Um, yeah. They were just so game <laughs> for the amnesiac <laughs> husband. And I I, I, uh, I really appreciate that. Um, you were saying as well about there was the scene when obviously he does what any sane person would do, as you were saying, by running out of the house and trying to get back to your mm. old home. Um, he's not let in and then he tries to get back into the van and it doesn't start. Uh, according to DVD commentary, uh, that was entirely unintentional, but it suited the scene and they kept it in. So it was a, a happy accident. What? Enti- entirely? What? He just couldn't get in for uh, some other reason. It wasn't. Yeah, like the van just wouldn't start when they started the engine, so they just oh, kept right. it in. Because um, yeah. I thought that's that's absolutely fine. We'll we'll go with that. Um, and there was the scene as well. Which... So he was really improving the whole thing. <laughs> Cage is a committed committed actor, and I will uh, I will go to bat for him um, every every single time. Um, <laughs> there's there's been films before um, Vampire's Kiss, like I mentioned earlier. Where, right, how to describe this film. Basically, he's a businessman in that one as well. He's like a literary agent. The whole plot of the film is that he becomes slowly more crazy because a completely unimportant document can't be found for one of his clients. He Completely unimportant. It's really, it's... The plot is as thin as this document, basically. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So he blames his assistant for it the entire film and then gets bit by a bat and visited by these uh, mental images of a woman who may or may not be a vampire thinks he's becoming a vampire um, and um, slowly goes more crazy um, so obviously the moral is don't go into big business in New York um, it, it doesn't end well um, it's a constant theme in cage films <laughs> it's a constant theme it's of very anti anti capitalist <laughs> society <laughs> He is a he's he's a man of the people. Um, but in that film, because he's becoming more vampire, um, there was a scene where he was just supposed to like crack open an egg and sort of drink the yolk raw, and that's when he's like, "Oh no, what's he what's he doing?" Uh, instead, um, it was Cage's idea to replace it with a live cockroach, which he ate. Um, so now, from your facial expression, I think I'm just shattering <laughs> this image. He's like, I've not seen any cage. He seems really nice. He eats a cockroach. Oh, no. <laughs> fine if that's what's in the script. But if you're like, you know what? I want to I wanna shake things up a bit. No, don't suggest that. What a madman. He is, by his own words, he is an artist above being an actor. Um, he's one of those people that he, he treasures the craft and he will go, oh, Lord, he'll go above and beyond for a film. Um with, with fair ones, play, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair play. With films <laughs> like this, where it's quite um, middle of the road cage, you get quite a sane cage in this one. Um, yeah, there's probably not a lot of ways he could have could have put something like a cockroach into this <laughs> into this film. It wouldn't have been quite in place. Um, I've seen enough cage films at this point to know that he would have found a way. Um, <laughs> But um, there were sort of points in this as well where I thought he might have gone a bit over the top or um, some things would have been played slightly more for laughs than what sort of you got with him. It, mostly it was just like, 
not my wife, not my kids. I'm going to go bang the neighbour. Um, so I thought I thought he was going to go a bit more extreme, but he was quite grounded. And I I sort of was yeah, he pretty... settled into it a lot more than I thought he would. I thought mm. he would, as you say, just be like like with the um with the woman um from the the bowling alley. That yes. Was clearly up for having an affair. Like, I thought he'd just be like, "Yep, let's go." Like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I was watching that. I was like, "This, this isn't Groundhog Day, man. Um, this, <laughs> there's no reset on this." But they, they sort of made it that they've. Um, it's clear that they've been flirting for a while, mm. and then he just outright. But I, I, I really liked that. How that I think feel like that's how I'm going to speak to people from now on. Like, just <laughs> if I'm unsure of what the relationship is, I'm just going to be like, so I'm just going to pretend I just have no memory. So what are we? Because <laughs> she just happily told him, like, oh yeah, of course we've been flirting for a while. <laughs> so it's yeah. a good move. <laughs> to be fair, um, and this is what I mean, um, and I say this now because I am. I am deeply mentally affected by watching so many Cage films in the space of a few months. Um, so don't take my word as gospel at all. Uh, you still have a chance, can I? Well, you still can. Um, but we can take things from his films. We can learn things. And like you said there, um, we can live this life of uh, sort of like uncertainty and regret. Or just feel like, so, you, you know, um, you can you can call me the family man because I don't remember anything. Oh, uh, are we, are we, <laughs> is this like a sex thing or what? And then just get straight to the yes, no. No time for years yeah. of... And again, she was just so up for just answering the questions. Like she wasn't like, oh, of course, it's weird that you're asking this. You should know from the context of the last 13 years. She was just like, no, this is what we are. This is what's been happening. <laughs> Here's all the information you need. <laughs> <laughs> she... she um... I think her name is Evelyn, uh, the character, Evelyn Thompson. She gave up that information so willingly, so blasé. And then he's just kind of, because I thought he was, when he asked her that this was just him trying to fill in blanks just to know where he stands with people because he wasn't sure Mm. that Arnie was his friend until he was told. So I thought, um, Mm. I thought it was going to be like, okay, right. uh, Not, yeah, fine. Okay. I know where we stand. Just filling in some blanks. But then he's like, eyebrow raise. Ah, interesting. <laughs> and then goes back to Arnie. He's like, yeah, I think I think we're going to go and have an affair. And Arnie, the voice of reason, is like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so God bless God bless Arnie. Um, I, I don't know if you... Um, I liked Arnie. He was like one of the... One of the, he was helping sort of fill in the blanks as well. He was a bit of exposition for yeah. us, I think. He, yeah, I did like him, but also it just didn't, it didn't really seem to match up that like obviously if if it was Evelyn, did you say? He's been yes. the, the woman. So he's obviously been flirting with her for a long time. So he's obviously like not the full family man that <laughs> he's, Arnie seems to think he is because Arnie obviously being his best pal was like shocked by it and like no don't go which is a very reasonable response don't go <laughs> cheat on your wife but I feel like if he was the sort of guy that Arnie had seen like flirting with all these women then Arnie would be like oh, like don't you, don't be like you are but yeah. he was like no that's not the man you are <laughs> clearly been flirting with her so yeah it's like like a, a little bit of harmless flirting is fine uh, because it's going no further than that but then Kay just like jabs his finger into his napkin is like give me an address right now <laughs> exactly. I've, I've got an absolute rager like you've got a bowling also, game on 
Also, why did he think that Arnie would have it? <laughs> Arnie'd be like, yep, there yeah. you go. Yes. <laughs> There's your <her> address. <laughs> That's a genuinely fantastic point. One, why would Arnie have it? And two, why would he just willingly give it up when Arnie is clearly established as maybe he's the actual family man of the film? He's the, maybe. He's, that was maybe the point all along. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the company we keep, uh, are, the, are the real <laughs> families. Uh, but he. he he finds when he sort of comes back from New York in the first place, he finds Arnie and he's well, it's like Arnie's like, Yeah, you've been there for me. So Kate told me that we might we might have to expect you. And then Cage is like, uh, we're friends. It's like <laughs> Oh Jack, this is uh this is you all over. <laughs> exactly. I love that he like points to like the picture behind him. He's like, Yeah, that's us hanging out. <laughs> like if I had to do that to a friend of mine, be like, Yeah, we this is evidence. <laughs> I'd be pretty pissed off. <laughs> it's like I've, I've literally known you since high school. Why are you? I, <laughs> Why are you asking if we're friends? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to get like a framed picture of me and every friend for a just in case scenario. It's like it's, <laughs> it's not Photoshop. I'm not that good at it. Please remember the. <laughs> just memories. get one of you and Nicholas Cage. <laughs> then when you run into him, you can be like, "No, seriously, we we are friends." <laughs> You act like that isn't my plans A through D anyway. <laughs> um, I, was, I was sort of reading into this a bit more as well. Um, Jeremy Piven, who plays uh, Arnie, is also from Entourage, which I've mm. never watched because I, I feel like you have to be a certain type of person to watch Entourage, and I'm not there. Probably not a family man, I would assume. <laughs> you have to be just a, the blank man um, to watch Entourage. Um Apparently there are, there are a bunch of outtakes on the DVD with Piven who just kept cracking Cage up. And Cage is usually a very, like, one-take kind of guy, just get it in the bag because he's such a fucking pro. Um, <laughs> allegedly, because they... And I don't know what scene this was, because they couldn't get through this certain scene without laughing, uh, Cage actually asked Jeremy Piven to hit him so that he could get through the scene without laughing. Oh gosh! <laughs> um, so apparently, just like just he was just ask, asking him to hit him harder and harder just so he could get through the scene. Um, so, if anyone tells you that Nicolas Cage is not the most committed method actor in the business, um, then you just have to pretend like you haven't known them for thirteen years and just back out. Yeah, of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, only reasonable response. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, don't you? Um, there was that weirdly um, slightly more full-on scene than I was expecting as well when he had to um, change the baby um, and there was just like a diaper just full of like poo I was like this is a PG film uh, and then just like the projectile piss of the kid as well as like okay I mean apparently that was real as well like the, the child pissing was real oh the child went method too yes Brilliant. <laughs> it's the cage effect um, but again because cage is such uh, a method actor and because he's he's like a married man and father himself he just dealt with it and got through the scene so incredible Perfect. work incredible work um the daughter as well annie um Interested to know your thoughts on her but, because she was like the only one who's like, yeah, I'm, something's not right here. Yeah, the the one that was like, you're not, you're not dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, she also had an accent that I just could not place. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
yeah. it, it did not match any of the other family members. <laughs> no. no I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was... Again, if you could show me all um, all the areas of America on a map and I couldn't point on the map to the one I think it's in the area of. It was just the... I can only describe it like like a cute, very cute voice. It was like, oh, my, it was like my daddy's an alien, that kind of thing. Yeah, but it felt like a little bit southern. And so I get it if Nicolas Cage comes along and he's like, well, no, that's not my kid. <laughs> we're, not, <laughs> we're not from the same part of America. <laughs> She's not my kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, weird accent, everything. Like she, and I don't know how old she was supposed to be five four or five but she was far too clued up for any child that i've known (laughs) way too clued up yeah they always do that with kids in films like just give make them mature but beyond their years and like it it reminded me of um what's that film with um just like heaven the one with um mark ruffalo and um where she's um so she's she's dead um and he's he's the only one that can see her ghost and then a little the her niece can also see her and it was it reminded me of that so much where it was like this wise kid being like no she's there and now (laughs) (laughs) like it's like no dad you're not dad (laughs) yeah it was just like um uh, like father you're an alien but like i'll help you and then she's like uh you pick me up at uh you drop me off now, then you go to work, then I finish school at four, but then I've yeah, got class like, till half five. Like, imagine explaining you... to your dad what your schedule is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if you were in Nick Cage's situation, I would I'd probably drive home after work, if, I guess, pending if I had time after Big Ed's tyres, and just be like, okay, <laughs> do, do you realise that our daughter's a genius? <laughs> That she's that she's basically like the 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 elephant man. She just remembers the rain, not the elephant man. Christ, the rain man, the other man. I am getting my men confused. Oh dear. Um, she's oh, do it all the time. <laughs> so yeah, our daughter's basically insanely smart, um, and like she knows too much, yeah. if anything. Smarter than Kate, to be fair, because she's questioning <laughs> her dad. Kate's just like, yeah, sure. You're my husband. Yeah. <laughs> like, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he sp- he spends the whole film going like, "Aren't you just disappointed in me? Your paycheck is a disgrace." And I'm just like, "What? Where has <laughs> yeah. this come oh from?" God. That that scene as well, when like in front of her friends, where he's like, "You're you only do pro bono. You have no money." And <laughs> he's like, he's finding this out, and she's like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my job. I'm not for profit." <laughs> <laughs> Like, this has literally been what I've done since 1987. You know this, yeah. <laughs> but but to her credit, he's just, he's just like, this is outrageous, and he just storms off in the party. And she's like, so anyway, la la. And like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's not wrong. It is a bit outrageous. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, I would, um, I don't have the the uh, the stats of no non pro non profit pro bono work compared to 2000 and now. Maybe it's moved on. I don't know, but. Um, maybe he had some grounds, but in a party in front of a friend, even if yeah. you are plopped into to someone just, else's just life, just find out what your wife does. <laughs> <laughs> like, just go back to the punch bowl, pick your moments. Um, <laughs> I I I liked it even more when it was like his own job, like um, 
I, it's just because how I've felt every day in my life <laughs> like, when he turns up to where, like the tire place where he works and he's like I'm a bit confused as to how I got here <laughs> just like same <laughs> yes yeah I think one of the most relatable things is everyone just like anytime he says like yeah I'm in retail and everyone's like retail <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> I, I saw I felt that so hard. I was like, "Yep, yeah, I know, I know. I could have yeah. could have been more, but <laughs> I got sad and stopped trying. What are you gonna do?" Um, so, but he, he seemed to get into the tire business though um, for Big Ed's tires. Yeah, but he did. He did just want to return back to back to the the place he started at, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he. Um, it seemed like it seemed like at that point he was growing into the family life and uh, being a parent, and he was getting into the tires a bit more, just giving old people discounts because they're dressed well. Like, oh, this guy, what a character! <laughs> and then his old boss turns up, and he manages to talk himself into like a, a six, seven figure interview. Like, you sell tires. This is a jump. I don't think your resume um, can can explain. And like, great, great effort. Mm. Um, I don't, and then oh, I'm trying to think of that guy who was, um, the only reason he impresses them is because he knows who they are. And then he's just like, yeah, he'd just done like a, like, it just sounded like he'd done a really, really creepy background check. <laughs> <laughs> like you like whiskey. And you... <laughs> it's like whiskey, horses, diet Coke. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> Take all the money. <laughs> it's like, if that happened now, it was like. I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, you probably could find that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, that is basically how I got my last job. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I um I I played golf growing up and like had like a few like golf awards and stuff on my CV, and I knew that the the guy who was doing the interviews was a big fan of golf, so I just I just spoke to him throughout it. So. <laughs> That's really all Nicholas Cage did. Just <laughs> just research their hobbies yeah. and just avoided talking about the actual job. <laughs> well, credit to both you and Jack Campbell because you played the game and you <laughs> nailed it. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I wish the only the only reason I I think the only reason I got my job is because I think my CV it's it's a retail CV. It's very very sad to read through. Um, but so I have to hope for like the interesting facts question. I'm like, oh, give me that interesting fact question. <laughs> and so they asked me in my recent job, like, um, if you could invite three people to a to like a, a party, who would it be? Cage. If Nicholas Cage is not on the list, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you would have disconnected right now. Like, this is a fucking sham. Um, <laughs> You're not who you say you are. <laughs> I'm actually Daryl Campbell, and this is not my life. Um, <laughs> It was Nicolas Cage, Bob Ross, and I just threw Bruce Forsyth in there because I think he's very entertaining. Um, and the only thing I had to go on was like, I've been on Bargain Hunt. And it was like, what? Um, so um, just throwing it out there. One, by the way, don't worry about it. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Minus £19 and I haven't stopped going on about it for over a year and a half. <laughs> how do you, how, I've never watched it. How do you, how do you win? Uh, the idea is you make money. Uh, and you were minus 19 pounds and one. Yep. So, uh, I'm just going to get minus 19 tattooed on me at some point as a, a <laughs> reminder of the greatest day of my life. 
Um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there because the greatest days are now Nicolas Cage based. Um, but he, um, see, he sorts it all out. He doesn't get the job because then he just decides he's going to, um, uh, well, he gets to, he seems to basically almost have the job that he's got himself booked in for. But then Kate's like, this isn't what we agreed. Um, we moved out of the city for a reason. Um, and then she was very sweetly like, um, you know, later on, um, everyone already does envy us. Um, and, I, and I love you. And that's more important than our, our dress. I choose us. And then he quotes that right back at her at the airport for a thing she, in this <laughs> timeline, hasn't technically said only once, but in a very emotional departure um yeah he's just stealing materials it's not right <laughs> if this was the open mic circuit people would have found out um <laughs> but the other scene um which I've, I've been meaning to bring up um because i think this is maniacal insane and very important for no particular reason the cake scene <laughs> do you remember he comes back from the um uh this is after he's he might or might not go to evelyn for the affair and then he's like like, where's my cake? I want that. That rotisserie chicken made me feel sick. And then he just chases it around the house and it's like, ta-da! Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, th- like, that I was like, is this, is this a horror film now? Because this, <laughs> this seems insane. Um, and then they're all covered in cake. His bowling shirt's got cake on it as well. And I, I don't know if there's something about me because, as we were saying, you change as people when you grow up. Part of me was like, that shirt could have got another wear out of it at least and now it's smothered in cake i was i was livid <laughs> couldn't couldn't be washed it was just gone that was a that was linen material that was a one and done uh <laughs> out in the basket i i remember um because as we were saying sort of before off um sort of off record like this is like the first time i'd seen this film as well but like um there was a youtube video i saw like 10 years ago by this like animated guy called harry partridge who basically did a music video to this cake scene it's got like 15 million views it's called nicholas cage wants cake um oh man i wish i saw this <laughs> I, I partially like wish i'd sort of brought it up with you but i i try not to throw things that could potentially be spoilers um for fairness um <laughs> but it's i remember i said that years ago and thought oh this was just a thing someone made up about nicholas cage not realizing it was a real thing that happened um so, so what did they just just take the exact scene and just put a song to it or um so it's like all all animated obviously like over exaggerated facial features but they've taken the audio clips it's like i want that cake like it's so sweet i want that cake um <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to do any justice to this in, in my monotone voice. You're going, oh, okay. um, because I won't, I won't sell it at all. But um, it's a great watch. Um, the music, uh, I wish this was kind of like the the soundtrack to it because it would have pe- t- taken it from like, and I like this film for like maybe a six out of ten to a seven because I didn't think it was terrible. Um, the music score was like, it was it was a Christmas film it was very jingly danny elfman did it which i didn't realize but they could have taken any sleigh bells and be like yeah it's christmas i know what that means i also didn't realize looking at uh, the soundtrack to this that um the uh 
the ever impressive and amazing Seal did the song for this film, like the official song called uh, uh, this. What was it called? Like this could be heaven or something, something to do with heaven. Uh, yeah, this could be heaven. Official song of the film. It's one of those um, music videos, you know, you know, like where the artist, like they put themselves in the film, like they were there the whole time. Um, oh, so maybe, maybe it was Seal doing all of this <laughs> <laughs> just the puppeteer behind it all I, mean, I, I have no reason to suspect that seal is not part of the organization <laughs> exactly because <laughs> he's he's singing like you know this could be heaven basically like this life that you choose this could be the perfect life and one seal it's none of your business um <laughs> two he in the video he for no reason at all, he's just on top of a snowy skyscraper, just singing and holding a snow globe. Um, he's put himself in that... As you do. <laughs> this is textbook seal. Look to the skies and he <laughs> will be there. Holding a snow globe, though, that's very, like... What's the word? Like, like because you're looking in a, on a, in a, in a t- tiny yeah. little world. So that's probably very, very metaphorical it's, there. But... <laughs> God, that was a terrible sentence. <laughs> And I'm not going to edit any of it. Um, oh God! <laughs> but it's funny to say that, like in the um, in the music video, like the last shot is like the camera pulling back from the snow globe to see like Seal holding it, which basically does imply again that he's part of the organization. It uh, does. <laughs> and the, the, like the 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 hierarchy is Cheadle, Seal, uh, snow globe sales, maybe. Uh, but there was three scenes he put himself in in the video for the film. There's one where. Uh, Cage is running through the airport at the end through that sort of tunnel. Like Seal just like looks left to right, like oh there he goes. Um, oh right. <laughs> there, there was um, when he, Cage is playing with Annie in the garden, um, and then he's like, ah, oh, Daddy, like you're back. He's just there, like dancing around, just singing. I was like, there's nobody else noticed that Seal is in your garden. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And then the last one. Maybe maybe she wasn't actually talking to her dad. Maybe I'm right. And Nicolas Cage was never the father. The dad was Seal. And she's like, Dad, you're back. <laughs> this this is Illuminati confirmed kind of stuff. <laughs> These are the theories that I come for. Um, then the last one was uh, the very end of the film where they're sitting at the cafe. And he's just sat in between them, just like looking between them in the lampshade. It's like, Seal, no. This is this isn't your this isn't your conversation. It's not, it's not appropriate. It's very very intrusive. <laughs> and this this is goes back to what we we're saying at, saying at the start. Like, if this were, were anyone, like if this was like yourself, Hannah, and like your your um your humouring a conversation of someone you've not seen for thirteen years, having a coffee at the airport, you've got places to be, and they're like, okay, so we've got. We've got kids, we're married, you work at a tire <laughs> store, and then suddenly Seal sits down with you. <laughs> D- uh, the- I reckon I'd start to believe it once Seal got involved. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, this is, this is a bit weird, so I'll hear you out. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say there was a music video. <laughs> it's like, you know, I didn't want to bring in Seal this early, but I felt I was losing you uh, throughout, throughout the opening, <laughs> opening part of that story. Um but I think that sort of com- brings us towards sort of the um, sort of the the end of uh, the family man. Um, so I guess in closing, you know, we've 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 tried to uncover the organization. Seal is at the top of everything that's ever gone wrong with anyone's lives. Um, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, when we sort of just talk to the therapist, like, if I told you that I think it's seal, like, I'm going to book you in next week. <laughs> um, so sort of in, in closing and with the sort of Jerry Springer's final thought kind of aspect, uh, this going in as like your first, never say official cage film. Um, what are your sort of closing thoughts on the film? Would you pursue more cage films? Would you recommend The Family Man? I, oh, a lot of questions there. I would, I would, what I would love more than watching any other existing film is just to to watch the the next the next one of this, like a very like Emily in Paris type thing where she actually did go and then <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to chase her down. Um, but yeah, I would watch more. Uh, you you with the whole cockroach thing, you very very much intrigued me. I need to get on this <laughs> get on the seal music video as well. Um. So much I didn't know about Nicolas Cage. The whole whole world has been opened to me. So. <laughs> well, in the words of Seal, this could be heaven. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm glad that um, another convert is on on the journey to sort of true Cage Nirvana. Um, if you need any Cage content, hit your boy up. I, I know where to come. <laughs> I I will be uh, I'll be your your Cage dealer. Um, but with that said, uh, this could be heaven. This is the family man. Hannah Fairweather, thank you so much for taking the time to watch the film, to discuss Cage, to be converted to this world of Cageism. Um, There's now pre and post Cage and you can never look back. Uh, But with that said, as we wrap up, uh, where can uh, people find you on the social medias? Oh, um, I am Hannah Fairweather on Instagram and Han Fairweather on Twitter. And yeah. can find anything else from from those two places wonderful stuff we have a new cage fan everyone it's been a successful podcast by all (laughs) accounts uh that brings us to the end of this episode thank you for listening if you have been thank you once again to hannah fairweather it's been a pleasure to have you on board and hopefully we'll see you in the next one but until then keep on keep on caging it's all you have to do take care bye-bye